Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. This morning, as I said before, that you've made the choice to come and worship with us today. Amen. And who knows, on a Sunday, there are so many other choices to be made. Heaps and heaps of other choices to be made, but you've made the best choice that you could make in your whole week this morning, this next few minutes together uh, in our time of worship as well is going to set you and your family up for the rest of the week. Amen. But our prayer is as we go through some scripture this morning, that something out of the Word of God will speak to your heart today. Amen. Something from the Word of God will build you up, will encourage you, will, will propel you to that next place that God has for you. Amen. That's our prayer. And last week we looked at the reasons uh, for Paul's writing of the book of Ephesians. That's what we're doing now. We're on a journey through the book of Ephesians. And we saw in Paul's writings to the book of Ephesians that he had a number of concerns towards the Ephesians church, the church in Ephesus. And his concerns were, is that the church was becoming too focused upon worldly things. Their focus had switched from from eternal things, and now they were focusing on temporal things, earthly things. And we saw last week, as we looked at a writing um, from Jesus in Revelation chapter 2, 30 years after the writing of Paul's encouragement to the church, that Jesus also challenged the church 30 years later about their focus on being too focused on the things of this world. Amen. In fact, he encouraged or challenged the church about returning to the deeds and the works that it began with and warned them if they did not, he would remove his hand of blessing from them. Revelation chapter 2, a letter to the church in Ephesus. Amen. Remember that from last week? And what we find in history, it is eventually the church in Ephesus was gone. Jesus made good on his warning to them that if they didn't focus on their first love and if they didn't commit to the deeds that would bring them back to that place, he said he would move his hand from them. Eventually, as we find in history, that's what took place to the church in Ephesus. And we learned last week what I believe that our our take-home through this is that Jesus is not only interested in what we believe, our doctrine, but he's also very interested in our works, what we do with what we know. Amen. Thanks very much. I'll just preach to you this morning. You got it? Jesus is not just so much interested in what we believe, our knowledge of the Word of God. Our knowledge must have application. Our knowledge must have application. The church in Ephesus was, was commended by Jesus because they had a strong doctrine and they, they were committed to denying false teachers. But somewhere along the journey, they forgot that it wasn't just about knowing the Word of God, but it was about doing the Word of God. Amen? In fact, James chapter 2, I think it's verse 17, says, Faith without works is dead. Amen. So let me ask you the question this morning. What are your works? Just a thought. Amen. Because faith without works is what? Is dead. So as we go through this study of the book of Ephesians, there's quite a few texts to go through, and that's all right. We're in church, and we're meant to be reading the Bible. Amen. So we've got a few to go through. But as we go through the book of Ephesians, I believe the challenge to us is that we don't just hear And we don't learn, don't just learn, and we don't just receive doctrine, but what we do is we hear and we see and we do. Amen? That's the challenge to us, that we hear, we receive, 
and we do whatever that might look like. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be jumping into chapters 1 and um, looking at some verses there. But as we launch into Ephesians, as I said, keep this thought in our minds and our hearts. We must apply to our lives what we are learning from these writings. So today we're going to be looking at, open up your Bibles, to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to be looking through um, 14 verses, verses 1 through to 14. And we're going to be pulling three predominant truths out of the Word of God today that I believe will be a great encouragement to you. Amen. If you haven't got your Bible, steal, steal one from the person next to you. Amen. Just take it from them and say it's mine. Or you can get out your phone. I won't think you're texting if you get your phone out. I know you'll be reading the Word of God. Amen. No one texts in church, do we? No, we come to that front door, we put it on flight mode, and there we go. Amen. I've never been in a conference and used Google, Facebook. Oh, I'm telling a fib, I have. There's been times when I've done that. Didn't mean to do it. So we want to start Ephesians chapter 1. Working through the first part of the text takes us through to verse 6. And we're going to bring through truths, three truths, three things that we can celebrate today. But says this, says Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Woo! Woo! Blessed us. We can't even begin to imagine what heaven is like. And it says there, Blessed be the God, Father, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I love that. We'll, we'll conclude with that later. Amen. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons, and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted into the beloved there's a couple of thoughts that we'll bring out of that text there and one particular uh, subject that we'll spend just a couple of moments on but the first truth I want you to see out of that scripture here the first truth that we want to look at today is that our father has chosen you our Father has chosen us. Don't you love that thought there? It says, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now, many of us right now are thinking, hang on, I chose Jesus. That's true, you did, but God also chose you. Amen? You might be thinking, oh, I'm just so smart, I chose Jesus. Well, yes, you did, but he also chose you. Amen. Listen to what it says in John chapter 15. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should bear, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he shall give to you. What an incredible thought there today that in all of our brokenness, all of our mess, our Father in heaven has chosen us. I don't know about you, I was messed up. I was a long way from God. There, there, were, there were no good works within me that were worthy of salvation. I was just so broken and messed up. But thanks be to God that He called me, 
and open up my heart to the call. And because of that, now I'm living as a chosen vessel of God. Amen. Love that thought there. In all of our brokenness, our mess, our Father has chosen us. We thought in all of our goodness, we chose Jesus, but the truth is He chose us and wants us to bear fruit. Now you might be thinking, why are we talking about bearing fruit there? What, what, is it, what does He mean that we should go and bear fruit? What's well, the fruit of our character, amen? That as believers, we should be continually and ongoing committed to developing our character in Christ, amen? Being full of the fruit of the Spirit, amen? See, there are Christians today that are so angry, don't be angry. Amen. There are some Christians today that are just unkind. Don't be unkind. Commit to developing a character of kindness. Amen. Because Jesus chose us and called us to go and bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. What is the fruit? It's the fruit of your character. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit. Growing in love. Growing in joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness in faithfulness, in gentleness, and self-control. These, the fr- these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is wanting us to grow in. Amen. And just for a moment, because we're going so well for time. <laughs> but I just want us to ponder for a moment the depth of this calling. It says, before the foundation of time, God chose you. It's pretty, pretty full on. In fact, when you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the same sentiment is there again. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that God preordained or preplanned before the foundation of time. You're not just an accident. You're, you, 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 are, you are purposefully built and designed by God. And that before even time began, God looked all the way into the future and saw you and I here today. And He has a plan and a purpose for us. Just think of the enormity of that. You know, I'm a, a husband and I have, we have, we have children. And you know, in in the midst of all that, we have certain plans as parents for our children. Don't speed. Don't break the law. We have certain plans in our hearts for our kids, right? But think about how much more our Heavenly Father has plans for us. It just does my head in. So the question this morning is this to us. How should this truth affect our lives? How should the truth that God was thinking about you and me before the foundation of time, before time even began as we know it all the way back because Andy said it a few weeks ago, God lives out of time. He's above time. He sees it all. But the Bible says before the foundation of time, God was preparing the works that he would want us to walk in. Wow. But how does that truth affect your life? It should affect our lives. It should make us really ponder the call of God for each of us. 
should really make us start to ask the questions how how am i spending my life is it all just about me or god am i going well father i want to know what your plans are because you chose us before the foundation of time so the first truth we looked at this morning is that i'm chosen by the father love that there the next part of this verse has been a bit of a stumbling block for many believers over the years and it's split the church on many occasions as well. We're going to touch on it a little bit this morning. Um, the thought of predestination. It says they're having to be predestined to adoption. Amen? And the, the word predestination means to preordain a thing or an event. There are conflicting sides to this text, and some have taken the view that God preordains some for salvation and some for eternal damnation. Right? That's some of the thinking there. That God chooses some and doesn't choose others right and then the other swing of the pendulum is that everybody's saved and everybody will eventually go to heaven because god has chosen everyone universal reconciliation that's the other pendulum swing there but i want to share what our local churches thought about predestination is there are many varying views and conflicting arguments around the subject in our view as a local church is based upon a number of scriptures but the one i find most insightful into the truth that all are chosen but we still have a choice to make is this one here you're ready for it this morning for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God. Amen. I believe that we are all chosen. Every person on the planet has been chosen by God for salvation, but we have to make the choice to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior and commit to following him. Now, if you don't like that, that's okay. I won't argue with you, amen, out of absolute respect. But that's our view as a local church around the topic of predestination. God, God's plan, He has chosen everyone for salvation, but it's up to the individual to make that choice. I believe every person is chosen for salvation, but it's a choice we all get to make. In fact, a simple analogy, thank you, Rach Worthy, just wanted to share with you, for example, there's a train that's going to Sydney. It's pre, been preordained to go there, right? That's where the train's going. It's leaving Shell Cove, oh, sorry, Shell Harbour Station. That's where it's leaving from. It's preordained. It's, it's pre-planned. That's where it's going, right? But we get to choose if we want to be on that train or not. Amen. God has invited us all. We're all chosen for the trip, but we get to respond to that and to hop onto the train or not. Amen. So a little thought before we get to point number two. Has God predestined our lives for salvation and good works? Yes. Hallelujah, yes. But we get to choose to follow Jesus and spend our lives serving Him in the plans that God has prepared for us. So the whole thought about predestination, yes, God's pre-planned our lives. He has a destiny for each one of us to fulfill. It's called the calling of God for our lives. Does everyone do it? No. Many people miss that. 
Anyway, that's another topic altogether. You're all quiet this morning. You're thinking. You're thinking. Amen? So he's, he has plans that he wants us to work in, and his heart is that everyone would be saved. Everyone's chosen for salvation, but individuals need to make the choice in their heart to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Amen. So the first thought, how Father has chosen us. The second thought is this. Number two, we're just about finished. Number two, Jesus has redeemed us. Look at the next part of the text going from seven on. It says, In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together uh, in all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. It's family. In him we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things to the counsel of his will, that he who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Amen. Listen to that there. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood. Amen. We've been chosen by the Father. We've been redeemed by the Son. I have a new way of living. Can't think of the next part of the song. Move on. Redemption. What does redemption mean? Redemption means to purchase back something that had been lost by the payment of a ransom, right? We see in the Old Testament a payment needed to be paid in order to secure someone's freedom. A family member may be in bondage and in in order for their freedom, a price was needed to be paid in order for that person's freedom. Once the price was paid, they were redeemed, they were brought back, amen. This is exactly what Christ Jesus has done for us. He's paid the debt and because of that, we have been redeemed, we have been brought back to relationship with God, amen. Aren't you thankful about that this morning? My eyes were once closed, but now they're open to the truth of God. It had to be paid. For a debt to be cancelled, it had to be paid. Thought this morning, how great was our debt to God? Well, you could have all the money that's in the Commonwealth Bank and still not have enough to pay the debt we owe God because because of our sin. But we see in this passage that Jesus, his life was our redemption. His blood was the was the price for our salvation. His body broken was the price for us being redeemed. His body that laid dead on that cross was our redemption. That was the price that was paid to, to, to um, qualify for our salvation. Amen. That's why every Sunday morning when we come together and we gather, we share communion, we again remember what Jesus did for us. He redeemed us. We have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. Amen. Brought back. No greater love than the blood of Jesus. No greater love than the love of Jesus. Amen? No greater love than the love of Jesus. How do we know? Because of His blood. His blood that was shed. Amen? So our Father has chosen us. Jesus has redeemed us. And number three this morning is this. I love this thought and then we're we're done. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 13, 
It says, In him you have also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having been believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession of the praise and glory. You and I were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. He says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So what does that mean, being sealed? Well, in days gone by, I don't think it probably happens that much today, but if I had a, a special possession, this pathetic little bottle of water, but I really like it. It annoys me sometimes because it's a bit squishy. And I'm not quite sure about the insides of it either. Oh, that's water. You never know. You've got to be careful. My special possession. In times gone by, if I had a special possession and I wanted to store it for an extended period of time or for a special event, I would grab another container, maybe a jar, um, maybe a box, some sort of container that I would put that in and then to make sure that it was sealed and no one would get in it, I would get wax and I would put that around the top part of the seal and I would seal the lid on top of my special possession. And then potentially if I had a, a ring, if I was wealthy, I'd have some sort of ring with some sort of crescent on it. And so I'd put wax at the front of that and I would seal that. The special possession would be sealed so that in the future when I felt like opening it, I knew that no one would be able to tamper with it because it was sealed. It was my sealed and special possession. You and I have been sealed. Because of the Holy Spirit, we are sealed. We are God's special possessions. Amen. In fact, I love what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in the, the, the book of John chapter 16, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Because of this seal, we are God's children. Nothing can rob us of being God's children. We are sealed. We are marked by God. You're marked by God. You're sealed. You're his special possession. Oh, well, I don't feel like a special possession. Don't feel like much of a present at all. Well, it's not about you and your feelings. It's about the Word of God and what it tells us, amen. You are sealed. You are marked. No one, nothing can rob you from the hand of God, amen, because you are sealed by God. I love that thought there. It says, you were sealed. Let me go on from there. Because it goes on to say, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, his special possession, sealed, prepared for a particular time, a special time, who was the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Listen to that there. I love that thought. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Because God has adopted us, guess what? We get to share in the inheritance. As believers, we can be so, so short-sighted. 
we just think oh what's going on now this this is my lot in life and no we get to share in his inheritance you know bill gates has bill gates got children probably got kids and grandchildren i hope they're not but they're probably sweating on the old man carking it <laughs> hurry up bill you got billions Bill's kids eventually will get his inheritance as children of God because he's adopted us. As we transition from this life to the next, the Bible says that we will inherit all that God has. We will be a part of the inheritance. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, eye has not seen, um, ear has not heard, nor it has entered into the heart of man or the heart or the mind of man the things that God has stored up for those that love him don't get caught up on the temporal just looking at the here and now hallelujah there is such an inheritance that God has stored up for us it's just phenomenal it's phenomenal that's why if we could just conclude this morning if I could just have um, Lisa thank you just (laughs) There it is, but it's written, Eyes not seen, nor ear heard, nor that have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And so the first part of this text where we went, Ephesians chapter 1, excuse me, hope you received a couple of thoughts this morning. But it says here, verse 3, it says, Blessed in the beginning of the text blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places hallelujah what blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places i love that we've been called by god we've been redeemed by jesus christ And we've been sealed by the precious Holy Spirit. Is there any more blessing? That's a pretty good start, Ollie. Amen? Well, when? What do you reckon? How you going, bro? Oh, you got your Bible, the digital one? I love it. It's Jewish as well. Man, alive, you are clever. Well, I've done my work for the week. The rest of the week off. Bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Chosen by God. Redeemed by Jesus. Bought. Bought with his blood. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. Is there any greater person that would have the power and the capacity and the potential to be able to seal and mark us and keep us in our salvation than that of the Holy Spirit? No. Wow. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the journey that we're on. Thank you for the words of life and truth this morning. Father, we want to thank you for the great calling upon our lives. Father, we also ask you to help us just to think, even this week, for people just to 
stop in their week and to seek God and say, well, God, how is it you're calling me to serve you? Where in my life, Lord? Where in my world am I growing in the fruit of the Spirit, Lord? And Jesus, this week that we would take the time again to reflect on and remember that you've redeemed us. You purchased us back to God, back to our Heavenly Father by your blood that was shed through your body that was broken. You gave your life for us. We thank you. And that Holy Spirit, we've been sealed, sealed by you. Kept safe for that incredible day of salvation, Lord, where we will see the Father, we will see the eternity and the inheritance that he's been preparing for us. Jesus, you said, you go away to prepare a house for us. We are so thankful today. But Lord, in the midst of all those things that are before us, help us to take on board the here and the now. Stir our hearts towards the things that you're stirring us to. Help us to see the ones you're wanting us to reach out to, to love, to share, to care, whatever it might be, Lord. So Father, we are just so thankful for our time in your house. And Jesus said, Amen. Awesome. Wonderful.